don't worry. Don't, don't freak out here. But, uh, so Lucas isn't on this episode, and I promise it's not because he was like, Flash animation, I quit. No, 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 no. Uh, you may have heard our first episode of the latest season of Arthur and realized that, yeah, we're not the biggest fan of the Flash years yet. I still hold that hope that maybe it can turn around. But we are not at the point where we're like, it's like the show is over. Like, no, Lucas is very busy this week. And that's okay, because that means I get to bring in a guest. Here on Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast, my name's Will Young. And this time, for our guest to talk about another episode of Arthur, uh, it's somebody I've been wanting to get on the show for quite a while, because she has... Literally, the t- the ties the ties with Arthur are both skin deep, and they go even deeper than that. And you'll find out what I mean by that in just a few minutes, uh, because we're welcoming to the show Hannah. Hey, Hannah. Hey, so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really happy to be able to kind of have you on here. It's been something, as I said, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. But we ran, we had a really good run of uh, of Lucas here on the podcast, and uh, so I wanted to take advantage of that while I could, but. One of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on here is because, first of all, you're a huge Arthur fan, and this is known uh, because one of your biggest kind of Arthur stories, I think, it's and it's how I kind of came to encounter you th- on uh, online through social media, is let's start with the Arthur tattoo. So I always like to ask people about their history with Arthur, and I imagine your history ties in with that tattoo. So... Take us through it a little bit. What What is your history with this show? Um, so I've been watching Arthur. I think Arthur premiered in 1996, mm-hmm. and that's the year I was born. So a few years after, I guess around maybe school age, I started watching Arthur every morning before school and then every morning after school. And it just became this big routine with me, um, and I adored the show so much as a kid. And then rediscovered it later on uh, in high school and rekindled my love for that show. And the I was able to kind of pinpoint more reasons why I love it as an adult, um, obviously, than when I was a kid. But um, so Arthur has just always been there for me. And the comedy is my absolute favorite. And the animation has always been my favorite. So I decided to get a tattoo of Arthur. Um just because it's something that's always meant so much to me. And the tattoo itself, it's the shot from the very first episode when he kind of gets his glasses and he looks in the mirror and he smiles. It's a really like it's an it's a really great design and it's quite prominent. And like I, th- I feel like a lot of people uh, are aware of if like if they follow you on social media, then they have seen that tattoo and they're, it's quite eye catching. It is. Um, the artist um, who did it, her name's Anna Rispoli. She's located in a, in a tattoo shop in Delaware at Push Tattoos, and she's absolutely wonderful and worked with me on the um, the picture I wanted to use. And then I used the um, the outline from the uh, original like title cards that they used to have and everything. So she came up with a really cool design. And yeah, it's my favorite tattoo. I love it. And that's, like I said, that's kind of how I came to know you. And then we've been chatting for the past couple of years uh, in and around the show and in and around Arthur because you also, this is another good reason to have you on the show. You have one of my favorite, like, so there's a lot of novelty accounts on Twitter. And there are some related to Arthur. They're usually, like, character-based. But this one is at Arthur But Film, which is uh, something that speaks deeply to me and to Lucas. Yeah, so as somebody who is also a major um, movie fanatic, mm-hmm. um, I loved seeing those screenshots from Arthur, and I'm like, I could just like turn this into a like a movie title or what it looks like in the picture. So um, I've been doing that on Twitter for a while, and I have a lot of fun doing it. Um, I need to get back into it, but yeah, please, um, if anybody wants to follow me, please do. At Arthur But Film. And of course, the questions that I ask all the time uh, your favorites, usually uh, Arthur character and Arthur episode, if you have one. Okay, so Binky is probably my favorite character. Mm. Um, he just has so many good lines. Um, and my favorite episodes, 
Um, I'm a really big fan of like the third season just because I really like the animation and everything. And I think um, DW's dear friend when she goes to the woods mm. and um, that's one of my favorites um, that I can think of off the top of my head. I have so many. Um, <laughs> I know it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint just one. And I find that that's with a lot of our guests. It's like it's it's not just one that sticks out in their memory. So uh, yeah. I, I'm with you. Th- I'm with you there, of course. Um, yeah. And there were a bunch of like callbacks to not a bunch, but at least like two that I noticed um, in the episode we watched today. Um, talking about like earlier episodes from like much earlier seasons. And I always love when they do that. I wonder if we got the same ones. Maybe you saw ones that I didn't see, but, but that's, that's awesome. And really like DW's dear friend. That is, I feel like there's like a, like a handful of episodes that people are like, well, these are the best ones. And that's, that's an outside pick. And I respect that. And it also communicates to me of like, right. You, we have a, huge Arthur fan on our hands here. So I think, <laughs> I think, I think we're in good hands. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I'm excited to get into it uh, with you. I'm also excited to finally welcome back emails here. We've been, uh, we had a little bit of time without them, but now that the season 16 premiere is going out on the free feed, uh, we, I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of talk back at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. We have one this time around from Z. Uh, Z says, it was only a matter of time that you guys would get to the dark age of Arthur. Like you guys, I miss the old Arthur. My mom was pregnant with me when the show debuted in 1996, and I was born in the second season in 1997. Even though I grew up in the 2000s, I loved and missed the glory days of Arthur and old school animation. When season 16 came out, I was not a fan of the animation. I'm still not a fan of the Flash seasons to this day, although sometimes I still watch the new Arthur episodes. There is a pretty good episode later on in season 18 that has a special guest star. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that in case uh, in case Lucas is listening. I want this to be a real surprise. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next episode of For the Kids. I sent in a submission. I can't wait for you to talk about it. Good luck, Lucas and Will, and I'm sure they would uh, extend that to you as well, Hannah. Uh, thank you, Z. And again, ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. We're, I, I said this in the past episode, we're welcoming all feedback in terms of like if you don't like the Flash animation, if you do like the Flash animation. We've already been talking with some of our patrons who got to listen to that episode a week early, and some of them, you know, push back on a couple of things we had to say, and I welcome that, as long as it's, you know, don't be mean or anything, but... Um, I would I would really like to hear it, especially if you are a fan of this animation. Speaking of our patrons, patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits is where you can support us. For as little as a dollar a month, you get uh, early access to every episode of ECL. And every month, you get a bonus episode of two different podcasts. One is ECL Origins, which is our new show, where we talk about shows, t- TV shows and cartoons from our youth that don't necessarily fall under PBS Kids. And then we have another one, which we are bringing back for the kids, a PBS Kids podcast. And right now, patrons, if you haven't done so yet, go to the Patreon page. There is a suggestion box where you can put in suggestions for the next show that we cover on For the Kids. Now, a couple things. I wrote this down in the in the post, but I will just make sure to say it here as well. Uh, please don't... Uh, don't suggest anything that we've already done because we already did it. And also um, make sure it's under PBS. We, we've we've had one or two that were like, this technically isn't PBS. I'm like, okay, we still have a lot to go with PBS before we dip outside. And then that's also what ECL Origins is for. So please keep it strictly to PBS. And uh, somebody recommended Liberty's Kids, and I've got great news for you. We've already covered it. We have 50 episodes of For the Kids, 51 technically, because one of them's a two-parter, but Liberty's Kids was one of them. And I never watched that show. I never, um, really? I never got into it, but I remember it. I remember like the theme song. But I never, I don't think I ever got, I wasn't into historical, uh, like, kids TV and stuff like that. It just wasn't up my alley. Tisk tisk tisk. The American on the podcast over here doesn't even watch the show that's about your country. That'd be, that'd be like if they had a Liberty's Kids Canadian, what would the Liberty's Kids Canadian equivalent be? Uh, Parliament Pals? <laughs> I See, I would watch that. Uh, I don't know if I would. 
<laughs> maybe it's really like we get enough history we get enough of our country's history in school maybe you just didn't want to spend your precious hours outside of school talking more about school so I, I i understand i understand and hey it's not like i learned anything from liberty's kids clearly i still don't even really know where the states are in america so big help that was but a big thank you to all of our patrons who help us keep these side series going including lovely people like matt osborne Derek watson jr mamata and alonzo espinoza jack and jeff l we have Ash, there is Richard Mortimer, an RPG fiend. Thank you as well to RG and to Zara, and also to Baby Show Addict, among many, many other people. Thank you very much for supporting us. Uh, El- uh, Patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. As mentioned before, and if you have listened to the premiere episode of this season, we are into the flash years of Arthur. We kind of had our whole to-do about it. Um, but since we have a guest here and I'm not, I, I, I don't, you've, you've mentioned that this is something that you watched when you were a kid, Hannah, and obviously you grew up with the traditional animation. Um, was this the, was, first of all, was this the first time that you had watched a full Flash episode of Arthur? Yes, it was. I think I've had Flash animation, uh, episodes on like in the background but I've never like sat down and paid attention to a full one mm-hmm. um, I didn't dislike it as much as I thought I was going to okay that's good I, um, I certainly don't want you to dislike the time that you're you're spending here so that's no, good no, no, no. meaning meaning I didn't uh, dislike the flash animation because mm-hmm. um, that was kind of something that I always like steered away from just because I was like I don't really like the way it looks it's and everything, so it kind of takes that uh, a big element out of it for me. Yeah, it's a lot to get used to, like up front. So if you're, mm-hmm. uh, as we've mentioned before, if you're coming at this watching the older stuff, then getting used to it is well, it's still part of the process. But I think it is. I think it is. Event. It is still uh, going. I, uh, you know, as I said, we're going to be making doing our best to get used to it. And as one patron mentioned, uh, paying attention to the writing. As long as the writing is good then uh, it can usually make up for the animation. So we're talking about today, uh, second episode of season 16, Flippity Francine, we're starting off with. We're, we're going to get into this a little bit, but it's always interesting to see how Arthur um, evolves with technology. And now we're into not just YouTube. YouTube's been around for years. Now we're into the age of the viral video. And the cold open is Muffy making a highlight video of Francine attempting the pinwheel kick, a special kind of impossible soccer kick, and she totally wipes out. She does this sweet 450 splash into a mud puddle, and um, and so f- that's the start of Francine's infamy is this viral video. I, I'm, I'm doing... It's, it's rare that uh, we have the cameras on for the Skype, so I'm doing the... Uh, the scare quotes here, viral video, because we start off with like 574 views. So like, I, I feel like our YouTube channel has more views than that on a couple videos. I wouldn't call those viral either. I think as a kid, you kind of like, 400 is a really big number, especially to chill, to um kids and stuff like that. So I feel like that's a huge reason she's so excited because it's just a it's it's a pretty big number, I guess. That is true, and I, we're we're not quite at the point yet where we'll have to wait and see if Arthur gets into like streaming because then you get into like the wild numbers. I feel like kids growing up now understand on some level that like 500 views 500 people in a stream is nothing you want like thousands hundreds of thousands millions it's hard for me to say because i'm so old (laughs) (laughs) um so and this is and this is what leads to the title of the episode francine becomes known as flippity francine after her video goes viral and muffy puts it up uh on her blog the muffington post but it's also on their um Oh, gosh, I forgot to write it down. They're the Arthur equivalent of YouTube. Now, have they mentioned the Muffington Post before and I just haven't um, seen like newer episodes or is it a new concept? I'm pretty sure like the joke didn't seem brand new to me. It didn't to me either. It was 
No, and it's like the Huffington Post was certainly popular around this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's so it was it made its debut in Muffy and the Big Bad Blog, which we have talked about. That is the name for a blog. Oh, the Muffy yeah. Post. Like I remember just being. I remembered that coming up on the show and being like, ah, ha, 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 ha. the Muffington <laughs> Post, very like, mm, cheeky. The I have the picture here, the screen cap that I took. It's called You Who Tube, Y capital Y O U, capital W H O, all caps tube, and it looks like the old YouTube setup. I did not catch that actually. Um, <laughs> that's very funny. It was I, I I think like I wanted to take it for the. Um, for the episode picture, but also uh, it was very much like, what would they, like, what would they call YouTube? And they kind of, I guess that's a joke. Like, if you kind of squint mm-hmm. at it, YooHooTube, as in, like, YooHoo over here. But uh, it's just like, eh. I f- like, the Muffington Post actually kind of works a bit better than that. So this, and Muffy mentions that it's more popular, Francine's video is more popular than Tiny the Xylophone Playing Cat, which... Now we're into Arthur referencing Keyboard Cat, which is like, uh, like speaking of feeling old, holy crap. Like, remember the first time you saw Keyboard yes, Cat? Yes, I do, like, actually. Like, I remember finding Keyboard Cat genuinely funny. Like, you, it's like we. I feel like we've all collectively seen it hundreds of times at this point. Can you imagine, like, maybe it still makes you smile. Can you imagine, like, actually, like, hee-haw laughing at it? Like, I did when I was, like... What, 16 or something? Oh, there's so many old videos like that that were so funny when um when they first came out and now it's just like, yeah, been like been there done that. It's the same joke over and over. You get 100 keyboard cats by like scrolling Instagram reels these days and uh it's just it's not as special anymore. One th- one thing that Lucas and I and I, we here on the show have been enjoying is kind of the the redemption of Muffy over seasons and seasons and seasons and many, many years of like, we're slowly finding out like the things that she's good at. And I like that we're pivoting to Muffy has a knowledge of video virality. So yeah, I wrote down, she has a, like she could have a future in marketing, helping her dad out and stuff like that. She's uh, definitely taking to it. Right. Exactly. So like she pitched uh, Ed crosswire, uh, in commercials as the crosswire duck. And it's just like, it's a, fu- it's a thing that people find funny and memorable. And it's, it's always kind of been like, oh, Muffy's smart at marketing because marketing is money and she's the money character. But now it's like, well, then that means that she would have to be fairly internet savvy at, or at least savvy around making viral content. And that makes sense. Like a lot of people that we see that are very successful these days know how to get the word out there, know how to create buzz. This is obviously on a local level, but I'm sure Muffy's going to get even better at that as she uh, as she ages here. There is a point where, like, so Francine is mortified. This is everywhere. Not just the whole school knows about Flippity Francine, but Muffy says it's gone viral enough that the whole town knows about it. The whole town of, well, the whole city, Elwood City, knows about it. And Francine at first is just mortified. There's this there's this sequence where she goes into the bathroom and she's seeing like the heads of different people kind of telling her how much they love the video. Um you ever seen the the Casper movie from the 90s? Yes. So that scene where uh Bill Pullman goes into the bathroom and his head becomes different celebrities like Clint Eastwood and like like because the ghosts are possessing him. Mhm. Yes, I do. It's that's that's exactly the same thing cuz like Francine turns into into Binky, she turns into Muffy and this also doesn't have like we don't get the the dream sequence separation. So it kind of just looks like Francine is having a psychotic break because of her uh newfound viral stardom. It's funny, you went the exact or I also thought of a movie but I did not think of Casper. I thought of um poltergeist when one of the guys goes into the um bathroom in the mirror and his face starts contorting and stuff like that um that's funny we both went with movies and we both went with ghost movies so like we had we had kind of similar it's funny i like i own poltergeist but for some reason i was like yeah the casper movie (laughs) that i saw once and was too scared of when i was six i don't know (laughs) just uh I, i i suppose maybe i was thinking in terms of like 
being a child and it's just like i wouldn't show a child poltergeist it scares me yeah. now so <laughs> but fair enough but then francine kind of starts to to turn into the skid a little bit she starts to like her new status she's very popular people pay attention to what she does so she starts to manufacture new ways that she can like flip around she kind of turns into like her own version of jackass a little bit where she will just like she like has a banana peel in her pocket and she'll just like throw it on the floor and then like slam it to the chalkboard so she's doing all these she's hurting herself for uh for for clicks and att mostly attention but uh you know if you just had the down <laughs> over some of these you could make a really good you could make a really decent montage there's a bit here where we see Francine imagining the the character now like She's known as Flippity Francine. In fact, people sometimes just address her as Flippity. And she imagines it as like this old school like sketch show. It's like um it's like it's a bit like the Simpsons episode where Bart is the I didn't do it kid. And so Flippity Francine is her I didn't do it. And then they make a whole like sitcom setup about it where in this imaginary world, um the crosswires are getting robbed by the Tibbles. With super soakers, and and there's just money flying like everywhere, also, which I thought was a weird touch. And it's like their it's their trust fund. It's something we're getting robbed of one of the, their trust funds. And then Flippity Francine flips into the scene, and it sa saves the day. And it's just like, you know, old, like this kind of sixties like Flippity Francine, and that's what she manages to have. Um, Arthur meme alert here that I wasn't expecting. This is when we uh, find a shot in the show that has been used in various memes and images across the internet. The shot in the beginning of the Flippity Francine demo reel, I guess, is that shot of Arthur, Francine, Buster, and Muffy on the couch, and they're all giving oh my thumbs gosh, up. Yeah, I didn't recognize it, but I have seen that before. I've seen it a lot on news articles about Arthur or like BuzzFeed quizzes about Arthur. It's the most like generic Arthur and his pals image that you can find. I always thought it was like promotional, but it is in fact from this episode. Uh, I will also say for someone who's not trained as a clown, Francine tumbles very well. Um, she does a lot of like front flips and like. This is like some painful stuff that she's putting herself through, but she seems to be. Hey, well, she did go to clown school. You remember that episode where she went to clown school for like, do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh, I do. So like in the back of my head, I was also thinking about when they put on that show in Arthur the Unfunny mm -hmm. and they are all clowns. And Francine's thing is that she's like doing cartwheels and juggling. So like maybe she took some lessons from like pickles. But yes, this is coming back to me now. And uh, apologies to the listener because... There's been so many of these episodes, I don't remember them all. But uh, I'm glad you did, Hannah. So she like she took clowning lessons as like the uh, it was some the type subject of, of an episode, um, like summer camp thing. And she was trying to be good at one thing and wasn't good at it, and then discovered clowning and ended up being really good at it. That's yeah. Francine's big top trouble, just so that people don't. <laughs> come after us with pitchforks for not knowing this but you did you totally remembered this and i didn't so thank you for filling in that cap thank you very much <laughs> you're welcome well there you go the like so she has had kind of formal clown training this makes a lot of sense uh and eventually we get to the point where this is so funny so we talked about we talked about video views and how like you know 500 isn't viral it obviously goes up we see the ticker going up muffy at one point says 50,000 page views worldwide can't be wrong. Now, I don't think we do this anymore. And this feels like people who were a bit older when page views were a bit more important than like, if you're talking about a YouTube video, uh, likes, comments, because page views to me is like, like making a, an angel fire page in the 90s or like, you know, you the first website that you made is like, oh, I got this many hits today. Like, I don't, do we still yeah. measure things in page views? No, I think it's more based on interaction. At least mm -hmm. I know what, that it is with like TikTok and stuff like that. Right. Um, I think, 
I think TikTok does measure how many people like watch it, but also I'm not really sure. It feels like it, it it's the way that she said page views that brought me back yeah. to like the days of having oh, like MySpace the, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Of having like the counter at the bottom of your website of like this many visitors. Um, I tried to make my own website one time when I was very young and didn't did not understand how it all worked. I don't know if I ever did, if I ever tried to make my own website. I know that I know that a lot of people around me were very like interested and like talked about making their own website, but you're you're a you're a bit younger than me. I think you're closer to Lucas's age, but let's say in like the late 90s early 2000s, if you had the knowledge to make a web page, like what would you have made it about? In the early 2000s, probably Polly Pocket or Barbie. To be completely oh, really? honest, um, yeah. yes, I was a huge Barbie kid. Um, oh. I don't think what I was into. Oh, Scooby Doo! I would have made. I would have tried to make a Scooby Doo <laughs> website for sure. Excellent. I was also big into Scooby Doo. That was one of the things that Teletoon played every day. I, I think I've mentioned this before on the show. I tried. I made like a template of a website. It was all about Power Rangers. That was like the thing where I was like, I feel like I, a nine-year-old, can talk about this with some degree of information. Not even realizing that Power Ranger, like at that point, I didn't even know what Super Sentai was. So I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. So we kind of go from Francine dislikes her identity, then she likes her identity, but then her identity begins to get in the way of her life. It begins to kind of define her in a way that she doesn't really, really appreciate. Um, that we get like a, this is a lot of this is obviously built around soccer. We get this soccer montage where. Francine is accidentally doing more of her flippity stuff. It has some sweet bass in it, like some new, some brand new bass licks from the from the music library. I really appreciated, but she's not meaning to be flippity. It's just kind of, it's part of who she is, and it's part of what people expect from her. We do get this. I didn't see coming. So we, I, I kind of said before, like, oh yeah, like uh, page views. I don't think are a, are a thing anymore, or like, um you know, measuring videos in this way. I'll tell you what kids really don't know about the $6 million man. <laughs> I wrote it down. I cracked up. I thought it was, I thought that was so funny and a very um weird reference. Um, But I thought it was really funny. It's very, it's, it's very telling. Like, because I was like, Oh, page views. These people, like I sometimes said like, Oh yeah, the Arthur writers are probably of a certain age. And then like, yeah, no doubt they're of a certain age. They're referencing like a television show for the 1970s. That was on, that was on and ended like a decade before I was born at least. Um, so the, I think they're trying, they still try to appeal to the parents and let the parents get a laugh, even if it's not as much as it used to be. Well, and especially like, there was a t there was definitely a time where you could still make the we can rebuild him we have the technology kind of reference and it kind of still mm -hmm. worked because like there's like a surface level where that's interesting to a kid and obviously it was referencing the six million dollar man very popular action television show from the seventies maybe eighties but by the year twenty thirteen it's just like who even remembers that anymore aside from the parents like you said watching Arthur and mm -hmm. in this in this kind of um, in this dream sequence, Francine is literally remade into a clown. Like the $6 million man is about essentially a man who was rebuilt into like, uh, an, and like a cyborg of some, of some sort. Like he, uh, they gave him like all of these robotic enhancements. Instead, Francine is remade into a clown. So now has like clown shoes, a clown nose, clown makeup, like all the time. And she's deemed the flipping failure and she only does shows for children now. So uh, that's what she's afraid that she's going to become. We also see here, I'm pretty sh I'm pretty sure, I might, like, again, I might be wrong about this. I think this might be the first appearance of video calls on Arthur. Yeah, this threw me for a loop a little bit. I'm really not used to watching them um, use technology like this. I, um, it was a little weird, like, just weird to get used to. Well, and it's the same thing with like, okay, now we're openly referencing YouTube. Now we just have Skype calls, like the one that you and I are on right now. And mm -hmm. this will come into play a lot more years and years after this because the new, the newer Arthur PSAs that they've been putting up on their social media, it's all about uh, video calling, especially because there was at least one or two of them that were about COVID. 
So it was like, we can't have the characters together. Yeah, the together. ones from the pandemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was when I first remember them doing that. So the ones like from the pandemic, it, there was one about voting. There was one about racism that they did. We did we did like a whole separate episode about this a couple of years ago. But it was all around the auspices of video calling. So this this is going to become more of a thing. And it's just like, huh, okay, Arthur really has moved into the future at this point. Um, during this video call, this is Francine talking to Buster, and she's trying to figure out how she can kind of shake this reputation. And I imagine this is one of the deep, deep references that you were talking about earlier, Hannah. Oh, yeah, when he uh, brings up the um, uh, the Buster Baxter uh, cat saver um, and everything, and then also references how he saved everybody from a piano. Um, which I thought was pretty funny. I, I did too, but it but it was like like so. Buster recounts like the cat saver thing, which is from back from season two of this show. So yeah, deep cut. And this has been something that they've been doing for like the last like pretty much since the last few seasons. So they're very good for this. I will say though, Francine asks Buster, how did you get people to like you again? Which is when Buster's like, oh yeah, I saved some kids from a piano. And I was like, you were there, Francine. He saved you. Oh my gosh, that's right. I didn't even think of that. Francine was directly (laughs) involved with this entire story. She should remember this. Also, I mean, this is this is a bit of the pet theory that I have going on with Arthur. It's not an original thing or anything, but like the idea that all of these episodes are happening within the same calendar year, like this could have just happened. Like let's let's be generous and say it happened like ten months ago. You don't you remember always almost getting wanged by that piano, Francine? Like that <laughs> that almost happened. Like it's just so funny because she's directly involved with that. Yeah, that is very that's great. So the way that Francine manages to shake the flippity Francine thing is that she practices for a long time before their next soccer game. There's two soccer games against mighty mountain in this episode. Uh, and she practices and finally perfects the pinwheel kick, which is essentially like if you've seen, you know, the classic Pele kick, um, it's basically like they, (laughs) it doesn't look amazing. They like flip the character model upside down and does like a, like a moonsault kind of kick into the into the goal. And that's a pinwheel kick. And that successfully counters her flip video. Now, everybody remembers the pinwheel kick. They think it's super cool. And that's how she beats it. It's a little like, I know they didn't have much time left, but it was like, I kind of thought that the resolution was going to be different than just make an even viraler video. I was like, that's not how that works. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I thought that was interesting, too. Kind of a rushed conclusion, um, it felt like. I mean, Arthur can be guilty of that many, many times. It is just kind of funny of, like, I'm sure that a lot of people who are known for viral videos, like, I'm sure, you know, somebody like Star Wars Kid probably tried to make a, no, but here's a better video. And just like, nope, Star Wars Kid forever. So uh, I feel like that wouldn't be super successful. Whatever. We got we to gotta wrap the story, the story up at this point. And now, a word from us kids. And now, a word from us kids. This is, I mentioned this to Lucas in the in the past episode, but I'm super pleased with how, I, I don't think a word from us kids ever went away, except for when they replaced it with postcards from you. But it, these these feel like a real slice of classic Arthur. Like, when the, when the animation has changed, this feels like the old school stuff. So this is all about a first grade class. This girl named Sierra is taking us through this project where they're taking photos of each other, professional photos, and then they create pictures with arts and crafts, these little murals that represent everyone and their interests. Um, I th- and, and the thing is, is that the person who is in the picture I, doesn't participate in it. So other all the other kids have to fill in like, this person likes penguins, this person likes tigers, or like, and then they kind of represent that with like construction paper and all those kind of crafts and stuff like that. Um, I will I will say I, I had the thought of, so you watch the old, old Arthur episodes, and I've gotten the chance to talk to some of these former kids. Is like, yeah, now the kids who were on Arthur in season one are like our age or older. At least... These kids in these word from us kids are only in like high school. 
This was only like 10 years ago. Oh, this was 10 years ago. Why did I think it was a little bit sooner? Um, yeah, I agree. It's um, it makes me feel a little less old. <laughs> I think it's also like it it feels it feels more recent because the picture quality is a lot better on the cameras mm-hmm. they use. You know, you watch you watch the old old episodes and it's just like you can almost practically see the yes. grain of the cameras they're recording on. These ones are a lot clearer digital picture especially because uh the move to season 16 they're up to uh 1080 1080i in quality. So uh that definitely reflects in the real life cameras that they use. Um the only I, I thought this was a pretty cute segment. The only other thing I have to add is uh, there's a real rad penguin on one of these pictures. Somebody made a real, real cool penguin. Uh, oh, I just saw it. Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did what did what did you think? Was this this is probably I imagine that when you go back to watch Arthur, or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, do you normally watch the Word from Us Kids parts, or do you know stick to the cartoons? Um, in the old ones, yes, I do, because I remember watching the words from us kids like when I was younger. So it's kind of like just goes along with it and everything. Mm-hmm. And what did you and what did you kind of think think of this one? Um, I love an art project. So um, I thought it was super, super cute that they all got to decorate each other's pictures with stuff that they liked. Yeah, it, re- it really it really brings that back of like I was never super great with crafts. I'm not that good of a kind of good with my hands or in terms of those types of things but uh i mean i'd rather be doing a craft these days than doing the other stuff i do for work all right we're gonna be back with the second part of our episode right after this hi everybody it's lucas your favorite co-host from elwood city limits um i want to remind you folks that if you like listening to the podcast first and foremost the best way to spread the love is to tell a friend who is interested in arthur or podcasts or animation or hearing about nova scotia for some reason but there's some other things you could do as well for instance you can follow us on social media twitter is at ecl podcast the Instagram is at Elwood City Limits. My pet project, the Twitch channel, which we do live streams on sometimes, twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits pod. And we also have a Facebook and Tumblr as well. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's where Will has been diligently uploading all of the episodes if they're not on your podcast listening service of choice if they aren't on one of those services let us know you can reach out to us on social media or via email at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com finally the patreon is where you can find all of our paywall content patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits this gives you access to the discord where we have a bustling community as well as some exclusive videos audio bonuses such as commentary for the various arthur movies and more as well as some of our additional podcasts for the kids is where me and will uh, cover all the pbs shows that aren't arthur as well as ecl origins where we really talk about any show from our childhood that we want uh, and most importantly you get early access to every episode of ecl you get to flex on your friends that you're getting it a week early you can join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash elwood city limits and now back to the show or if you're listening on patreon we're back right now muffy takes the wheel is our second half here and this was another like putting us in a very particular place weird reference or funny reference so the whole idea of this cold open is the theme of there's no shame in asking for help, but too much of that help can end up with people helping you doing it for you. And they illustrate this through the new computer game that DW is playing cranky bees. Yeah. What a funny name. Um, I thought this was really cute that they did a um, version of flappy bird. And it is, like, unmistakably Flappy Bird. Like, Cranky Bees, the name sounds like it would be a takeoff of Angry Birds, which absolutely was very popular at this at this time, you know, 2012, 2013. But they ended up, and maybe, I wonder, they ended up going, and it's obviously Flappy Bird. Like, it's doing the thing where you have to, like, hold it down, and it's, you know, you can obviously tell it's Flappy Bird. I wonder if 
Like, we know that these Arthur seasons are made about, like, a year and change before they air. I wonder if it was originally intended to be an Angry Birds parody, and then they just updated it because, I don't know, I like, I wonder if the turnaround in animation became shorter once they started using Flash animation in-house. So maybe they originally wanted to do Angry Birds, but then they were like, actually, why don't we make it Flappy Bird? Because Flappy Bird is... Uh, more was more popular at this point in 2013. Like I remember people in my in my college uh, class playing Flappy Bird a lot. Yeah, it was big when I was in high school. That's interesting. I didn't think of it like that, but you're probably right, or something along those lines. I'm just I'm just spitballing again. I'm like I'm, I don't know the whole process, but it's just like yeah. it's interesting that you would call it Cranky Bees, and you wouldn't call it like I don't know Wappy. Dove or something like <laughs> just more of like a direct Flappy Bird reference. Anyway, DW is trying to play this. She's having trouble with it. Arthur tries to help her. Then mom tries to help her because she's big into it at work. And then grandma Thora tries to help and ends up beating the level. So grandma Thora, not only great at marbles, great at uh, cra- cranky bees. So the actual episode is about maybe the coolest project that Arthur and the Mr. Apburns class have done in the show. There's there's probably a couple of others that are close, but like they are holding the first annual Lakewood Derby. So they each get a block of wood and every kid has to create the best aerodynamic designed car out of this block of wood. I thought it was kind of funny that he would just give them a block of wood as if everybody's parents knows like woodworking as a trade. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. It, 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 it struck me as something that, like, I'm not so sure that you'd be able to do this now. Not because it's like, you know, you'd get canceled over it or something. But, like, it, it's, like you say, like, not everybody has access to the tools or the know-how to turn this block of wood into, like, like an actual, like, some of the stuff they make out of this block of wood is, like, really, really good-looking. And, um... It's including what Muffy gets up to. This is a Muffy episode. This isn't really a spoiler. This was more of a prediction of mine. Like, as soon as I was like, oh, they're doing woodworking, George wins. You know, I didn't think of that, but I found it very, very funny when that was the the outcome. Um, Because I completely forgot about all the talent shows that he always won on his pogo stick. It not only the talent shows, but also like we've at, we've well established at this point. George is the most handy of everybody. Like he he literally has access to like woodworking tools with especially oh, with yeah. with his dad. He's he's super I good at like hands on. Yeah, he's uh, like anyway. I was like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Muffy wins or something. But we'll get we'll get there. So Muffy enlists her dad for help because and, and this is something that Ed Crosswire is apparently very passionate about, is these little derby uh, uh, cars, and cars in general. We get a little flashback to Ed, uh, little Ed Crosswire doing this project when he was uh, a young boy, wearing the same clothes that he does in the modern day. So I guess he found to look very young and just, with it. just stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he gets, you know, he gets these great ideas for what he wants his car to be. And he takes some inspiration from some classic cars he has in his garage. Um, good joke here. Yeah. Impressive, impressive car collection. I thought I was like, good for him. And it's, it's not just like, like hot wheels. They're not just like cool, like racing cars. Like some of them are like meant to be like classic roadsters. And he says of the last one, this one has Derby winner written all over it. And then he unfolds it and it literally has Derby winner written on the side. So good joke. I liked <laughs> that one. And it is the most hot wheels of the cars. It's like this um, like fuchsia color with like flames on the side. It's like, I'm sure I had this car, this dinky car when I was very little. As the cold open kind of alluded to, Ed kind of takes point on this project and does a lot of it for Muffy. Like he starts out trying to teach her how to use like the saw properly and how to sand it. But then he kind of like re- is really enjoying himself. So he essentially does the whole thing for her. Now I do want to say I relate to this a lot because when I was around Muffy's age, I was very, very guilty of this. Um, I was very much the type of kid who, like I said, like I said earlier, I'm not good at, like, constructing things. I'm not good at, like, making things practically. 
So when I was a kid and you had to, and there were projects that called upon that kind of like know-how or that like required you to do some, like making a diorama or something, I would leave it to the last minute, like literally the night before. And then I would run crying to my mother that I didn't know what to do. And then my family would do it for me. That's actually a pretty good, that's a pretty good bit. Um, d- did it work most of the time? It did. It did. And the, like eventually my family had to be like, okay, you can't keep doing this. Like this is the, that's, and that's the lesson I learned of like getting us to do this for you is, you know, it's not honest. It's not your work. And also we can't do it all the time. It, it just worked a couple of times. And, and it, but, it, but I want to say here, like I wasn't fooling them. I would, I would literally like be anxious about it until the day before. And then like, start crying because I didn't know what to do. And so my family bailed me out. Like there's a, there's a running joke that I have in my family. Uh, we'll say like eggs, eggs, eggs to each other. There's a project that I was supposed to do in grade two that involved like uh, making a poster about like a poster board of like eggs and doing some like constructive things. And then my sister and my mother did that completely for me. So they, they still tease me about that as they are right to do. That was, you know, it wasn't right of me to to ask them to do that. Um, were you, I mean, I've, I've, I've said that I wasn't super good at that sort of thing. Were you, were you, like, were you very constructively minded when you were younger, Hannah? Like, did you enjoy projects where you built stuff? I did, but I had a really hard time because I'm like such a hands-on learner. And while I'm good at doing things with my hands, I need somebody to show me how to do that thing. And then I can learn pretty quickly and do it. So like with constructive projects and stuff, I would want to do it. I just didn't kind of really know how, um, but I was good at like artistic stuff and everything like posters were normally fine for me, like all that kind of stuff, but anything like involving, we had to be like extra creative. It was sometimes a little difficult for me. Like one of the other things that I, but my mother ended up doing for me was like a shoebox diorama. And it's just like, I have such a hard time. Like, looking at an object and imagining it as like something else. So that was, that was a lot of where I, where I struggled personally. So when it came to like, yeah, drawing and art type stuff, I was a little bit better. Cause at least with that, you're just kind of making something on paper out of your imagination instead of like physically, like physically making an object. Like I was I'm not, like, I'm not even really good with like making stuff out of Play-Doh, you know, like I see people making like, even like rudimentary stuff out of Play-Doh. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't do yeah, that. Yeah, I can't really either. I always use those little um, like uh, cookie cutter type things that you like put the Play-Doh in and that makes a pretty shape. That way you don't have to do any thinking. <sighs> See, I always liked Play-Doh. I always wanted that stuff. I wanted the stuff that like made the Play-Doh food because that's, yeah, like you said, it's just, it's preset. So all you have to do is like, you know, get the Play-Doh in there and it becomes that shape. But you know, it's I, I never I never got the chance to use that stuff. And then I was never really a Play-Doh kid. I never even ate Play-Doh. So I didn't get to have that joy either. Yeah, I was a little bit. My niece is a big uh, Play-Doh. Um, she loves uh, playing with Play-Doh and she's the one who has all the little like cookie cutter things. And I always put them in and then they're pretty food. So they, uh, they are still making Play-Doh. Yes. Oh, yeah, they are. Um, cause it's really big in daycares also. Okay. Like it, it just occurred to me that I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen Play-Doh in maybe a decade. Not that I, like, obviously I'm not the target market for it anymore, but it just occurred to me of like, they could have just canceled Play-Doh, like taken it. They could have just taken Play-Doh away and I'd have no <laughs> so way. You would never know. So no, no. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's still going. That's good. That's good. There's lots of kids who can do cool stuff with Play-Doh. I was just never one of them. The car that Ed Crosswire makes and uh, Muffy proposes the name, the cross vet, which is a cool name. And that's eventually what the car is called. But Muffy is a little disappointed um, that she doesn't, that she didn't get to make the car herself. Now, normally if this were an earlier Muffy, I think she would probably have asked her father to do this and like specifically so that she wouldn't have to work. But she did have a she did have a cool idea. Like we see her doing plans of it in her head. She wants to make the cross vet, but it ends up being kind of taken over by Ed. There's a there's a good line by Buster when they do a check in later in Ratburn's class. And, you know, it's like you have until I you know, it's like you have until Monday to build these. And then Buster says, we have to build these. <laughs> 
which I was which I was like, yeah, like again, like you said, it's just like this is a lot to expect of of children. So Muffy is thinking about firing her dad, which leads to a very funny like daydream where she thinks about like, what's the worst if I fired my dad? And <laughs> she thinks about doing it. And then in this imagination, Ed becomes super depressed. He's just like he's beside himself with grief. He he loved it so much and he didn't want to be taken off the project. In fact, he like basically gives away his used car business and then trades a kid a car for a tricycle and like sadly trikes home. <laughs> I thought it was really, really funny. And especially because Ed's voice actor, AJ Henderson is really like, he's still in, it's the same voice that he was from the first season. And he's really getting to like stretch the role a little bit. Now that we have him in this, like he's not, he's not just the, the rich jerk. He's getting to be like, have different emotions and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't know that it was the um, same voice actor from the uh, first season. That's great. Well, and I think, and I think it's just like, he is that voice to me is unmistakable. Mm -hmm. Like there's nobody else who sounds like Ed Crosswire. So yeah, AJ Henderson, I believe he stuck with it probably until the end, as far as I know. So Muffy, eh, she doesn't really want to fire him, especially because he made, the the dirt he made the derby car he finished it and so instead of firing him directly muffy pulls an all-nighter and she enlists bailey's help to because kids at home ask your parents before you use a table saw you know and she pulls an all-nighter and they make their own cross vet and that's her way of saying that it was important to her to make it as well but also not want to disappoint her dad who Ed, Ed admits that, like, this is the most fun I've had in, in decades. Just, like, rich people. <laughs> not even not even money can satisfy them, you know? In the end, we do get a little bit of the Lakewood Derby, which is pretty cool. It reminds me, uh, this is for anybody out there who's played the Yakuza games, it reminds me of the Pocket, Raz the Pocket Racer storyline from Yakuza Kiwami, which is one of my favorite parts of that game. We see some cool designs. I think Buster actually ended up making, like, he had a, a design for, like, a, a ship, and it actually worked out fairly well, I think. He didn't make it to the finals, but it's like, well, that is aerodynamic in the sense of, like, it runs on wind, so it's not a terrible idea. Uh, the finals are Muffy, George, and I want to say, I think it was Francine, and as predicted, George wins. It's it's just kind of, I, I appreciate that we're sticking to that as well, of like, George is just kind of, like, secretly very good at competitions. And whether it's the pogo stick or whether it's, like, a class project, he's just, he's just really competent. He's just very, very shy. But Muffy, of course, learned the lesson. And they get to drive home her and her dad in the actual Derby winner car. They put on their shades and they drive off in the sunset. All right, Hannah, that brings us to the end of an Arthur episode. And now it's time for us to kind of talk about what we thought of each one. So let's go back first to Flippity Francine. What did you think of it, Hannah? I liked it a lot. Um, I thought I loved the $6 million man reference. I thought that was really, really funny. Um, and... Um, yeah, no, I liked it. I thought the ending was a little bit uh, too abrupt for me. Um, but like you said, they only have a certain amount of given time. Um, but no, I enjoyed it. Okay, that's good. That's good. I'm again, I didn't want to bring you onto this to be like, look how bad Arthur's gotten. So I'm really I'm, I'm glad that you did enjoy your time. Um, I think I liked it a bit less than you did. I thought it was I thought it was okay. It was interest it was more interesting to be like, this is Arthur dealing with the idea of viral videos and internet infamy. And I'm glad that we have moved we continue to move forward in terms of where Arthur is in the real world. Um, like you said, I feel that sometimes Arthur has a bit of a problem with rushed endings, so this one was kind of that as well. And the whole thing I just kind of I thought it was more interesting than I did think it was like Good. Good. So, I, so, yeah, you know what? I think I agree with that. Okay, I did. I, again, I'm yeah. not tr not trying to talk you off of enjoying it or anything, but I, I like. I oh thought it was no, 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 not at all. I'm just I like listening to other people and hearing their opinions and seeing. I don't know. I agree with it. Okay. Um. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I'm a little bit warmer on um on the on the second part on uh Muffy takes the wheel. I liked Muffy takes the wheel again. It goes towards, and both of these episodes are very, like, pro-Muffy in the sense of, like, she's not the villain. She's not, like, the best person who's ever lived or anything, but um, 
she's competent and she has not only does she have like secret not secret but she has like talents that are consistent but she can also like she's you know she's not amoral she um i think it would have been really easy to have this episode be like muffy asks her dad to do it for her and then she learns a lesson just like no she always wanted to do it for herself but instead ed kind of hijacked it and it was in that that she realized that they're like, oh, no, I actually want to see this idea through to the end. And I think that's better than casting her in the typical, like, spoiled rich girl archetype. Um, at least that's more interesting to me now. I feel like that would have been something that they would have done earlier in Arthur. And now we're at least far enough along that we can be like, no, Muffy's not that. She can be very, you know, she can she has other negative traits, as do the other characters. But we can approach this in a way that isn't completely, like, stereotypical of that character trope. So I appreciated that, and I thought that she came off very well. I liked the focus on Ed. Um, I think he's a fun character to have around. And I just really like the idea of the the uh, the derby itself. I liked all, seeing all the designs. It was like seeing everybody make their own Hot Wheel. I don't know. I, I, I liked this one. I liked it. I liked it, too. Um... I really appreciate the work they've done on Muffy's character arc and kind of like switched that um, stereotype and kind of like done a lot more work to, I don't know. I like her a lot more than I do. Um, like I think I used to groan when there used to be a Muffy episode, but in this case, this is actually, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was um, like you said, really cool to see all the cars designs and stuff. Um, and, and I also like Muffy's dad a lot and don't mind when he gets like more, like, I like when he's a soccer coach and stuff like that. I like when he gets more time. Well, right. And it's the same thing of like, uh, he's no longer the villain. Like he doesn't have to be like the conceited rich guy. It's like, no, he's Muffy's dad. And so he's like you said, the soccer coach, he's, he's got all of these different roles and he can just kind of be more of a complete person, which is more interesting. So there you go. That's what that's what Arthur is looking like for us now on Elwood City Limits. And that's, you know, if you fast forward from kind of where you were watching it when you were a kid to when uh, kids of the 2010s were watching it, that's kind of what Arthur is beginning to look like uh, as we continue on here on Elwood City Limits, Hannah. I'm really glad that you could join me. And I hope that, like, how do you, like, I guess I asked you before, like, what your experience was with the flash era of Arthur. Do you feel any differently now that you've watched kind of watched a full episode, talked about it, thought about it? I do. I think the more that I um, watch flash animation episodes, the more um, I think I'll get used to it. I think the Mm -hmm. animation change was just so jarring. Like at that point in time that I just didn't, I couldn't be bothered with having to get used to a new animation style, but um (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely, I think the more that I watched the episode, um, the more I kind of started to um, not pay attention to it. Okay, good. To, I mean, good to know. And that and that's going to be something that, you know, we have a little, we have a bit of a roster of guests that we call on every now and then. And that's going to be something that I'm very interested to introduce them to is like, this is where Arthur was up to the day that they stopped making it. So I'm really Always going, I'm perpetually interested to see how everybody feels about these newer episodes compared to the older ones and just in their own right. So, Hannah, it was really great to be able to have you on the show finally um, and to add your voice to the guest roster. Uh, before we get out of here, where can people find you online? Obviously, we've talked about the Twitter, but uh, uh, let everybody know again and anywhere else. Um, if you like movies, you can follow me on Letterboxd. My Letterboxd is um, movie with two O's, Hannah. Um, and I just log everything I watch, make comments, stuff like that. So if that's something you'd be interested in, give me a follow. And like he said, Arthur and Put Film on Twitter. Um, that's it. Cool. And you're a good follow on Letterboxd. You never quite... I can never quite pin down exactly how you're going to feel about a movie. And that's what, that's what makes it very interesting. I'm just like, I'm always, I'm always just like, what did Hannah think of this? Like, Oh, okay. I thought of it differently or I thought the same, but like for different reasons. So I'm always interested to see more of your ratings because of course you are a huge movie fan and uh, you never, you never, you always have a bit of a different, you're not just like, 
um, you know, the, the other people that I kind of talk to about movies. You always see things in a, in a different way, in a way that I really appreciate. And same and same with Arthur. So it was really oh, great to have you, you on here. Of course. And hopefully you'll be able to join us again uh, another time for another episode of Elbit City Limits when uh, Lucas is indisposed. Yeah, I would love to. Would love to come back. Well, you're officially on the roster, so I'll keep you in the loop. Uh, next time on Elwood City Limits, we're going to be talking about all about DW and Blockheads as we continue on Season 16. Also, patrons, don't forget to get your suggestions in for the next episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, and those suggestions will carry over into future episodes as well. So, like, I'm keeping a list. You know, you don't have to say the same things every month, like, but but make sure that you get your suggestions in there. There's already been some that I've never even heard of before, so that's going to be very interesting when and if we get around to those. There's been a lot of suggestions, too. And thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Velvet City Limits. My name is Will Young, and for Hannah... Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>